thank you for your help this day. We're asking for wisdom that you would guide us through these days and these times in which we live. And Lord, we strive to give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Okay, so this morning, this afternoon, we're going to be talking about security. Uh, this is Brian Renz. Uh, Brian, is, uh, he leads up the security team in Prescott. Uh, Brian is well-trained, I know. I trained him as a policeman. And, uh, so <laughs> and so he has good background and uh, good training. And so he'll be uh, helping us answer some questions. But, uh, but I want to just make you understand this is not a one-size-fits-all issue, okay? We can't be exhaustive. I can't go over every possibility, every scenario. What if this? What if that? What if the world ends? We're going to be in heaven. It doesn't matter. So. Um, so, you know, we're not going to be going into all that, but this will help every church, okay? Some of you can have different levels of security teams, some of you cannot, but everybody can benefit from the basics of what to do. And so on November 5th of 2017, a gunman wearing a ballistic vest and armed with a semi-automatic rifle walked into the First Baptist Church of Southern Springs, Texas, open fire, killing 26, wounding 20. That's the one everybody remembers. That's the one we think about. And we live in this unfortunate environment. I never thought that when I left the police department to be a pastor, I would ever have to carry a weapon again. It's the farthest thing from my mind, not something I want to do. But from 2006 to 2015, there were 24 church shootings, okay? An average of two and a half to three a year. Because there's a dimension behind this. We're not going to get into that. But we're going to use a text out of Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, to kind of launch us off here. And so what we want to understand in our scriptures is that Nehemiah foresees danger and the issue of security in the church. And it can vary drastically for everybody here. Building size, location, size of congregation, all those things. The layout, resources you have, personal preference, the relevant laws in your area. Everything's going to be different in every state. And so we want to discuss security personnel, the plan, and the balance that is needed there. So we're going to read Nehemiah 4 first, chapter uh, 4, verse 15 and 16. It said, And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us, and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my service, servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, the whole, and, the arm, and more armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. So Nehemiah had some insight. And so, but we want to, you know, biblically understand that, of course. But we also want to understand the practical aspects. First of all, we want to uh, talk about choosing personnel. If you're going to have a security team, you have to do something. First of all, you have to look at character, their heart, what they're all about. Okay? You're looking for someone who wants to secure the flock of God because who we are, how we act, and what God does are directly connected. You can't get away from that no matter how hard you want to try that, okay? If you don't have a character that has a heart for people, for the things of God, uh, it's not going to work well as a member of a security team anywhere. It just won't work, okay? In fact, you know, sometimes uh, we have to take in factors that some people would think would be good. And when you choose men, just because someone used to be in a gang and shot a gun does not make them a good person for your security team. Okay? okay I have people here from my church, and uh, the wife was the gunman, 
And so, and she's a better shot than her husband, but that doesn't mean she's gonna qualify for the security team, okay? And so, um, uh, you, know, it's, you know, because they're tougher, they're strong, or they're street smart, doesn't automatically qualify them. We have to look at character, okay, character. Because it's, it's something that we have to understand. Many who wanna be involved in a security type of situation, okay, they have a good heart, but are they qualified for ministry? Because this is a ministry. This is Brian's ministry. This is what he gives his life to now. For God. That's something to be considered. Just because someone can get a concealed permit doesn't mean much. Okay, in Arizona, as long as you don't have a felony or have been caught, <clears throat> you can carry a gun concealed. In California, it takes a writ of Congress to get one. You know, I was a policeman for a long time. It took me a year and a half in California. And so every state's going to be different. But just because that, you have to look at this, you know, because you have some guy. Look, can we be honest? Can we be honest today? Okay. There are some men who just want to be macho. We got to be real about this. <laughs> they just want to. That's right. <laughs> got mine. That's not good. Okay. We have other men who, you know, they, they think it qualifies them because, uh, you know, they, they, they are eager to carry a gun. Listen, men who are really eager to carry a gun can be very problematic. You need to think about this, pastors. You need to think about this. Because most people that are eager to carry a gun, when a problem arises, they're not going to resolve the issue. They're going to intensify it most of the time. And so we have to be cautious with that. You want to find people who have a good personal relationship with God, with other people, and with their headship so they can take direction. People who value relationships are not quick to rush into something that's going to damage someone. Okay, you have to have this in your mind. Folks, this information is really basic. In fact, Pastor Greg, I got most of this from Pastor Greg through our leadership. We did this in leadership. And uh, he's very serious about this and very interested in making sure that we don't make a lot of mistakes. Okay, this is not a light issue, gentlemen. It's very serious stuff, okay? Uh, you know, think about this. <clears throat> you have a man who's in security. Someone comes into the building, begins to cause a problem. He may have to hurt them. He may have to use his weapon. And you know, there's some guys, man, yeah, I can't wait to shoot him, you know? <laughs> Let me tell you something. I worked with cops who shot people. They're not cops anymore. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle taking a life. It's that devastating. I, I asked some of them, hey, what, you know, what happened? I want to know what you went through. All of them said the same thing. Immediately after the shooting, I was totally disoriented, began to vomit. Some of them urinated themselves, defecated themselves. This is a heavy issue, guys. It's not a light issue. It's, it should be very sobering for us here. There was an usher in the San Antonio church. I got a, <clears throat> Pastor Greg had a video. I, I was sent a video of this. A man came into the congregation carrying a box with wires coming out of it. And the usher said, what is that? He said, it's a bomb. The usher was armed. Part of their security team, their armed security team. The usher drew his weapon, ordered the man out of the building, but thank God he didn't shoot. Because he was someone with character. In a relationship with God. 
and understood something's wrong here. Come to find out, it wasn't a bomb. The guy thought it would be a good joke. He was not all together, obviously, but he was someone who attended from time to time. I believe his dad attended the church for a while. But what would that have done to this man's life, his father's life, and the usher's life if he would have shot this guy? When it wasn't a bomb. It was a Radio Shack radio, and he just moved the wires around to make it look like a bomb. And so these are things we have to look at. You know, we want people who are going to remain saved and balanced in their approach to any hostility. Okay, when someone approaches them. Visitors need to feel welcome. We don't want security people who just can't wait to find a bad guy. Oh, what's that in your pocket? You know. And so we don't want that, all right? We, we, people need to feel welcome. They need to feel there's redemption and hope and all the things we do. Now. You know, our, our main focus is still souls, folks. Okay, security, we need that, I understand, but we're here about souls, the souls of men, and winning people to Jesus. And so we, everybody's not a bad guy. Uh, and we need people with a certain skill level if you have them in your congregation. Former law enforcement as we are, former military would be very good first choices. These are men who are trained with firearms. They understand the dynamic of what it will do and how much damage can be done. They're more reticent uh, to do things. They're, 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 they're very... You know, uh, they're very careful, and they're usually very teachable. Uh, men who know it all are not welcome in any security kind of setting. If you already know everything, there's no need for us to have you because we can't teach you anything. If you're already an expert, go open a company and be a firearms expert, but not in the church, because there's severe consequences. You know, it's like someone asked the question, you know, what, uh, say someone's approaching the platform and I, I'm armed, and what should I do? Should I shoot them? <laughs> Folks, this is, this is real stuff. And the, and the answer was, well, how confident are you that you can hit the target, number one, with several hundred people behind you? Are you that good? When you have an adrenaline rush and you're pumping, have you had that training? How to fire a weapon when you're pumped through the roof. And how to fire, where to aim, how to hold the weapon, how to do all. Folks, there's a lot more involved in this. This is not just I got a permit and I, can, I, I shot a target on the range at seven feet and I hit it. I can throw the gun at seven feet and get a bullseye. <laughs> so, you know, you have to understand this. Confidence in your congregation can be shaken horribly if you get the wrong person involved in security. Because they had a church that they had the wrong security guy. People came up, made their concern known, they didn't change that, and they lost a large part of their congregation. So that guy, I'm not trusting my security, that guy. Yeah, several families left, yeah, done. And so it matters how these people handle themselves in church, what other people see about them, their character, their background, all that matters. Okay, and so these are just some thoughts. We're not going to, again, this is not going to be exhausted. You have to pray and seek God if what you're going to do in your own church uh, and how you're going to handle that. Second thing is we have to have some strategies. The, the truth is that bad guys want soft targets. They want gun-free zones and soft targets. They don't want any resistance. They want someplace quiet. 
some place where there's no one watching, where they're not aware. I mean, think about it. Uh, in our opening illustration, this guy gets out of a truck. He's dressed in black with a flak vest, a skull mask, and, he's, and he pulls out a, 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 an AR-15. Two men were outside the church. I read some of the report. In police work, we have a very technical term for that. It's called a clue. <laughs> nobody saw that, nobody triggered on that, nobody observed that, nobody did anything. I mean, they totally missed. Yeah, hey, yeah, who's that guy? Oh, I don't know, he's got the skull mask on in the air, 15, he's loading up, looking at the building, huh? Who knows? Hey, hey, what do you think about the Yankees? You know? Yeah, exactly. What could possibly go wrong? It's a bad scene, guys. Nobody's taking notice. And that's why security's in place. This is the main reason. We want to make the target harder. We want to make it more difficult. So the plan is to make it more difficult for someone to come into your building. It really is that simple. Somebody asked me, I said, oh, so are you going to do an active shooter seminar? I said, are you kidding? <laughs> we never want to get to that point. We don't want to have a situation. We don't want to have any involvement. So the first thing you have to do if you're going to harden your target is you have to limit access. That means you're going to have to control the doors. The more doors you have unlocked and open, the more access someone has to your building. At our church in Redlands, there's one entrance. Everything else is locked. I have a big building. I have 33,000 square feet of building. One entrance. No one can come in anywhere except the front foyer door. That is it. We allow them to use the handicap ramp until all of our handicapped folks are in, that door is locked. No one else can get up the side of the building. And so it's something we have to understand that the more doors you have unsecured, the easier it is, okay? In our text, you know, uh, they were building a wall. They're, they're locking it in, they're closing it off. They're putting up the bars and the doors and all to make it more secure, okay? Uh, and so we have to understand that. There was a pastor in the valley who was teaching Sunday school one morning. And all of a sudden, the congregation started laughing. He couldn't figure out why. He had a baptism. You know, his church has a baptismal behind him with the glass. And, you know, they're all in there and they're teaching. He's wondering why they're laughing. And people are, he turns around. There's a homeless guy's face stuck to the glass. The guy got in the building and behind him because they had doors unsecured. Now, of course, thank God this guy was harmless. He was just looking for whatever he could steal, probably. You know, something for free or some free food, whatever. But, but uh, you know, it's amazing how that happened. That should never happen. People should be observant, they should see things. The ushers were laughing. Someone in the, who just, over there a few minutes ago, one of the brothers says, hey, uh, you know, I was preaching in this church and I was amazed at how the ushers, at that, some of the ushers weren't paying attention. And I said, some? I said, were you in Redlands on Sunday? I'll tell you a story of what happened in our church one time. And it was a small building. It was my, the first building we got after I got there. I'm watching a guy come in, sit down. I watch another guy come in, look at him, and run out of the building. I said, uh-oh, gang fight. Guy chases him out, nobody's coming in. 
and not one of the ushers saw anything, and they were standing next to him. I had to stop the service and go out and take care of business. That's not my function. I'm supposed to be a good guy. You want your pastor to be, you want your pastor to be a good guy. Okay, and so these are things that happen. You know, uh, you have to have some proper positioning. You know, in our, we have the one door, so we have guys that do the parking lot, of course. We have access limited. And we make sure that, you know, everybody coming in, they know most of them, the people that they don't know. Usually it's not a problem. If someone comes in very strange, you're gonna know. You know, they got the eye look, you know. It's like, hey, what time service start? You know, that, that's, you may wanna just kinda keep an eye on that, you know. Um, you know, guys carrying big packages and, and you know, uh, in California, you know, we, we, the only people who have weapons are bad guys. So, uh, you know, we don't normally see weapons, but sometimes we you know, I actually had a guy come in one time, we were doing a play. He says, hey, can I bring my gun in? This is a gang member. I said, no, you need to leave it outside. He goes, okay. He goes, where's a good hiding spot? I said, underneath on the right side. He put it under the building, came in and uh, prayed the sinner's prayer, went out and got his gun and left, never saw him again. But anyway, you know, guys will come in like that. And so, you know, men, men need to be stationed where they can see problems, it's strategic. You know, in a building like this, there's places you can put men that can see things. It'll be strategic. You know, you don't want a guy over here watching the door over there. There's too many people in between, too many problems. So these are just logical things. You know, you, you, you have to harden the target. Uh, you don't sit on one side while they're on the other side. You know, in Texas, they had that cartoon contest where they were drawing cartoons of Muhammad. I don't know how you remember that. And the bad guys came, and they got out of their car, and they put their vests on, and began to swing their weapons, and were summarily shot to death by the police, because they were stationed outside in front where they should have been. And the headlines in the paper was, in Texas, we shoot back. <laughs> this is in Paris. And so, very interesting, but, you know, and so, and another, and so, these are just basic guys, this will change, but even a church of 20 people can do this. Limit access, have an usher that can watch what's going on, have maybe another guy that can be in the parking lot seeing who's coming in and out. You need a radio, get an earpiece, it looks really official and very intimidating to bad guys. They think the FBI is on the scene. I'm serious, they fl they'll flip out with that stuff. They'll be like, ooh, they got security here, they leave. They'll go find another place, which is what we want. That's, that's the design, okay? And so we want also to recommend to you that you have to realize that even in your church, you're going to have domestic disputes. Husband, and this, this scenario in Texas was a domestic dispute. He was looking for one person who wasn't there, so shot everybody. So these are things, you know, you, you may have that. And if you have that, you have to take note of it. You know, if a threat comes in, you know, I'm coming to the church, I'm going to do this to my wife. The security team has to know that. People have to be aware. You can't let him in the building. Or her, if it's the woman who's going to beat the husband. You know, <laughs> Folks, I'm in California. I've had this happen. And so, you know, so you have to understand this. And you also have to get some training. Just because you went through a you know, concealed carry class, what'd you spend on the range? 40 minutes? You need some training. If you have a larger church here, I would recommend that you get someone that knows what they're doing and that can train you. We actually have a man in Prescott here, his name is Mark Fricky. Mark Fricky, I trained him as well when he was a new policeman, but he had, was such an expert on firearms, 
He began to get a lot of different training. Now he trains Los Angeles SWAT. He trains Secret Service. He trains uh, Treasury agents. He trains lots of police departments and lots of men in firearms. He is really, really good, and his rates aren't horrible. It'd be a good investment. We have his cards up here, and, and you can call him and talk to him and see what he can do for you. And there's a website you can go on and look at. He's got as well. Uh, but he's very credible. He's really good at what he does. Uh, he, he's retired from the police department now, so all he does is firearms training. And he's probably one of the top three to five in the whole country for firearms training. And he does security things. So, you know, that's one thing. If you have a church also, you want to communicate with your police department. You want to talk to the police. Stay in touch. See if they offer training. If you have a large building, let them use your facility for training. It will help you if there's ever a call in your building. They'll know exactly where to go and what to do. And you'll have great credibility with the local police. They'll love you. We can use your facility for training. We like you. <laughs> Next time they stop you, they'll give you a pass. <laughs> and so there's things. Okay, so you want to, and we can't overdo this point, balancing security and spirituality. We're looking for balance here. Nehemiah never took his vision off of what they're doing, which is expanding the kingdom of God. That is what we want to do. Security is secondary. I understand we need it, but it's secondary. Okay? It's not our purpose. Making people safe is not our focus. It's winning souls. So you can't go overboard on this thing. You have to be cautious here. Don't do security drills. Pastor Greg was very adamant about that. He said, you know, what happens is you, you draw out people who are fearful and they will end up leaving. You don't want to do a security drill. Where, okay, stand up. Let's move this way. Move, move this direction. You, know, you don't want to do that. Okay? That's not good. Okay? Uh, and we don't want bodyguards for the pastor. I'm in security, so I'm now his personal bodyguard. If anything goes down, we all rush to the platform to save the pastor. No, the congregation is the issue. Yeah, you're leaving now. And so, uh, yeah, I don't need a bodyguard, thank you. I don't want a bodyguard. They get in the way. And so we don't want that mentality, okay? We keep our trust on God. We understand that this can happen. But our focus is on God's goodness and grace and his ability to keep us safe, guys. So let's not take this to extremes. Let's not go wild with this. And, you know, we're going to start a security team and you all have these big shirts with badges and gun belts. And, you know, that's not what we're looking for. Okay, that's... that's a guy at the door controlling access with an earpiece, and the guys in here with earpieces will be absolutely fine, and, and that's it. And so we're going to open it up. I, I want to read 2 Samuel 22, 2 and 3. He said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, the God of my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you saved me from violence. That's what we depend on, guys, right there. Okay? So we're going to open up for some questions. Brian will help me answer some of those. And so, but uh, please don't get into what if three guys with AKs. We're not going to go there. And also, when you're asking a question, don't ask the question. Put your hand up. Wait for a microphone to come to you, and then you can ask the question. Okay? What if uh, we're a small church? Um, and I'm unable to see from the platform who's coming in. We can hear things. Uh, and there's really nobody yet who's ready to be an usher. And 
I just, just what do you suggest? I mean, having one person sit in the back and just say, hey, look, I need you to just keep an eye on who comes in and who comes out. What do you think? I didn't hear the first part of the question. There's really no way to tell who's coming. We've got one entrance, other doors are all locked. But the way the, uh, the wall was built, you really cannot see who's coming in until they come around the corner. And so it's kind of your guess as to who's sitting in there. But if you have someone in the back, we can see out the window where they walk by. Other than that, would you think it just have somebody sit there? I don't really have any guys to be there. This is exactly why Pastor Cox said this is not a one-size-fits-all situation. Um, in that situation, I, I, I know of pastors um, that I've talked to and I've gotten calls from, and some of them keep a firearm under their pulpit. Um, that's something that you, know, you need to do with, uh, you need to think about that. You need to be very careful about that. Question uh, that Pastor Cox referred to, and uh, the gentleman that said, Hey, I've got a gun, I'm on the platform. What do I do if someone approaches the platform? Um, was someone here? And it was, you've got 500 people at your backdrop. You gonna take that shot? When you got adrenaline pumping out of your ears and soaking the guy next to you? Those are hard questions, brother. And what you do, and especially in younger churches, I know you have a younger church, the men that you have, the, the resources, the pool that some of you guys are going to have, I know is shallow. And I don't know that there's a definitive answer to that other than you need to know your men. You need to watch them. Who they are in your church is important, extremely important, and will be very important down the road. So those are just a couple of options. Uh, and I know that neither one of those are probably very good, but uh, that's, about, that's about all I got. Second Samuel 22, 2 and 3. <laughs> My Savior, you saved me from violence. You have to trust God. You have to trust God. Do you remember the first time I took you shooting, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Don't get a gun. <laughs> I would not recommend a gun for almost anybody here in a pulpit. Not a good idea. Some guys, yes, but most guys, that, that's nasty. I'd be careful. In regards to not inside the building, but the surrounding area, let's say something's happening next door or there's violence going on around that could make its way to the building or the area when service is coming in or letting out, what would be the... Uh, what would you do in that situation, or what should you do? Mind your own business. We are not the police department. We are not qualified to make arrests. Uh, we are not going to get involved in someone else's business. It's always best to let other people take care of their own business. You call 911, report the problem, lock your door, keep everybody inside till it's resolved. Simple. Don't get involved. From California, can't get a concealed weapons license. Do you? What county are you in? Uh, Sonoma County. You're out of luck. Yeah, it's only like four people have it. 
Um, is there any other thing that you would recommend that um, maybe the ushers could get? Um, you, you're going to have to talk to your pastor. Uh, I, I don't. My ushers carry nothing unless they get a concealed permit. They have nothing. Uh, you know, one of my my ushers is six foot six, I think. So he's he don't need nothing. And so, <laughs> um, but no, it, it, we're not we're not about you know you can't overdo this. You can't worry about you know what if this and what if that. So I brought it in the beginning, but there's going to be a lot of those questions we don't we can't really answer those. But your pastor can give you guidance and direction. Um, you know, there's no need most of the time for most people to have a firearm. That's not necessary. Um, you know, we in Prescott here, I was in the church for years and uh, never carried a firearm, but we, the bad guys all left. You know, so you just have to do according to what the guidelines set by your pastors are. You know, weapons are very dangerous. Unless you're super qualified in one, I would not have one because you will be liable financially, big time. Let me just say this. If you shoot someone, I hope you have $500,000 in the bank because you're going to need it. If you hit someone, it'll cost you 100 grand. So be cautious, gentlemen. Um, in New Mexico, you have to have a, uh, a license to conceal. And uh, you know someone in the church that's carrying a gun that's concealed but does not have a license. And uh, you suggest that they get a license, and they say, we don't want to want to get a license. Do you still allow them to carry a gun in your church? No. They're committing a crime. Is it a felony or a misdemeanor in New Mexico? What is it? Misdemeanor. Misdemeanor, yeah. It'll cost them 150 bucks in their gun if they get caught. But you're not, you can't condone that. What if they shoot somebody and you know it? You know they got it. Yeah. What do you think? No. <laughs> How do you deal with it? Tell them to take it off or leave. It's pretty simple, Mark. You can't bring it in here. You've got to go. Are you talking about somebody in your congregation that you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm under pastor rule Oh, blame it on poor, blame it on poor Lee. Yeah. I have a license, and I, I, I told him that he needs to get a license, and he, he, he says he will not get a license. He probably has a conviction somewhere he can't get one. He doesn't have a conviction. Okay. I, I know him very well. Okay. Yeah, he's got a. I wouldn't let him in my building. Well, Pastor, we'll, we'll find out what after this. <laughs> In, in Texas, we, we are allowed with a, a concealed, I have a concealed handgun license. So, you know, you had mentioned something about the, the 500,000. Uh, I'm, I'm fresh out. Um, would it be, would you suggest that even though I have a handgun license, that I still leave my firearm at the house? No, you can carry it. I'm just saying, if you shoot someone, there's going to be a lawsuit. It's just what the nation is going through right now. So. You know, through the NRA, I believe, if you become a member, they have insurances available for a very reasonable rates. Uh, you can be insured and things, and so. It just seems like a catch-22. I mean, if you, if you have a gun to protect yourself, and someone is a threat to you, and you take action, you know, you're not a maverick, you're not looking for trouble. You know, uh, courage is like an umbrella, you know, take it out when you need it. 
but now you're asking me to pay half a million because I it's either he killed me or I killed him. Yeah, but it's it's going to cost you. Attorneys' fees are expensive. Right. So no matter what you do, you're you're stuck in this. I think Brian would agree. He was a cop too. You can do everything right and be on the wrong end of the, uh, the stick for a while until it's all worked out. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, you fire your weapon, you will be taken into custody. You will go to the police station. You will be fingerprinted, photographed, mugged, and put in jail until they can figure out what on earth they're going to do with you. Until they can figure out what happened. So. I think it's pretty obvious what, where Patrick Cox is going with this, um, if it's not to you, it's to me. Uh, he's being really cautious. <coughs> And for a really good reason. Um, we're not saying, I know that for Pastor Greg's standpoint, we're not saying that you can't have a gun or because you have a gun you can't bring it. Pastor Greg is advancing on this and moving on this very, very slowly. Um, he's doing that very, he's a very wise man and he's doing that very slowly. We're moving forward with it very slowly uh, because of the way people respond in your church. And the point that is being made here in terms of Pastor Greg isn't, isn't he doesn't want people to, you know, you know, hey, you can't bring your gun. Uh, this is Arizona, much like Texas. You have a right. We understand that. We recognize that. But as pastors, you have every right to limit who carries the gun in your church. Okay? And you have every right for the reasons that you have to limit guns in your church. And the point he's making is, you pull that trigger, it's not, it's not just, uh, things go down, go, things go south from that point. They don't go up, okay? The attorney that we retain uh, for the Prescott Church is very pro-gun. Uh, he's very pro-defense in churches. But he's also a very cautious man he understands these things, yeah. and he's given us great counsel. Another form of insurance is USCCA. Yeah. It's a very good form of insurance. So the point he's making is err on the side of caution in all of this. Yeah, what I'm trying to say, guys, is listen, you, you really don't want to hurt someone. I was a policeman a long time, and I did a lot of stuff. But you got to live with all that later. Gotta live with all that later. Saved, doesn't matter if you're saved, you're gonna live with that. And so you are gonna enter into a world of a mess. Let me tell you, I can, I can shoot, and I'm, I'm not bragging very well. Okay, I can shoot left-handed and right-handed. I'm a righty, I can shoot both. I can shoot bullseyes at 25 yards with a three-inch barreled handgun and hit bullseyes all day long. Because that's what I was trained to do. But I'll tell you what, I'm not looking forward to ever getting into a gunfight. Because everything, it's not a target anymore, that's a person. And your adrenaline's gonna be through the roof. And even though I know how to do all that, I still don't know how I would do and I don't ever wanna find out. And so don't be so anxious to, you know, be someone that carries a weapon. Be very careful. You can do what you want to do. That's your business. It's your pastor's business, what you do in your, none of my business, what you do in your church. Okay, to the business, it's up to you. It's up to you, okay? Don't worry about it. It's up to you. But 
My thing in my church is absolutely controlled. I have everything. The only people that will have weapons are those that are properly trained and know how to, and have a personality that loves God, loves people, that are teachable, that I can keep my hand on their life and I can take them to the range and give them some techniques and show them how to shoot better and then make sure that they're not even interested in taking that thing out. And that's what we're trying to get into. And if you're gonna make pastors, listen, if you're gonna make a decision about an armed security team, I strongly urge you to contact Pastor Greg. Don't do this on your own and say this is fellowship policy. I hear too much of that. Talk to Pastor Greg, he'll give you some, he's a he's unbelievably wise and brilliant. You really need to talk to him. These notes here, I'm, I'm basically regurgitating his. I said, I, I looked over his and I said, I can't, what am I gonna add to that? That's exactly right. He know he understands this issue perfectly. He knows it's a concern for many of you. Uh, but be cautious, especially in small churches, you know. Uh, Brother Manzanares in his church, you know, he's, he's gonna have to just trust God. There's not really any way to, if the guys aren't ready, they're not ready. You can't put them in a position they're not ready for. And they may panic and, and cause more of a problem than fix. So just trust God and believe God. You know, so. You know, in the story of Nehemiah that he's talking about, Nehemiah makes it very, very clear when he's building the wall that it's a work of God and that he completely trusts God yep. to defend them. And, of course, immediately after he says that he trusts God, he hands out swords, bows, and arrows, and, 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 uh, you know, and spears. So there's a place for it. But we have a God that cares about us. We have a God that's aware of what's going on. We have a God that understands the times. We have a God that has always protected us and always will. Pastor, like Pastor Greg said, he preached a sermon the other night. He goes, and if not, the appointment. <laughs> and so uh, don't get paranoid about it. Uh, we believe God, but we take the necessary steps. I like to refer to our guys as sheepdogs. Okay, sheepdogs, fluffy, wag their tails, pan, cook all cool, friendly, with teeth. When the wolf gets in, it's a bad time for the wolf. That's really just kind of one of the ways I look at it. On the other side, I've got a church uh, full of people that they all have, well, not all, but uh, a lot of them have uh, permits. Um, I, I'm thinking of even two of the elder women that have it. I feel sorry for whoever comes in. So I'm, I'm thinking of the side of uh, being cautious. Um, is that something that you would, you would talk to everybody that has uh, a permit? Talk to Jonathan, who's your headship. He'll be running it through Pastor Greg, and he'll be able to give you some direction on how to, I don't want to give you advice. It's not my church. I don't have influence in that church other than when you have me come preach. And so, you know, I don't want to give you bad advice. Your pastor will know better. He's pastored there before. You know the people. So he can give you much better advice than I can. Whoever, whoever's got a hand. How would you handle a situation at your church uh, with your uh, ushers or security team and they're not in the place where they're supposed to be 
where they're supposed to be. They're you know, slacking in a disciplinary area. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I give Brian all the hard stuff. <laughs> He's running the team, so it's... We have really good guys that never do that. So, yeah, it, it's just training. It's, you know, it, it's, it's uh, getting to know them and train, 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 train. I can't emphasize training enough. We do a lot of training um, here in the church and, and other places. So, yeah, you're going to have to you're gonna have to deal with this and the problems. Um, again, hard to give advice on that um, other than your own discernment and your own wisdom and uh, uh, getting them to, to do what you want them to do. And they've all been trained by Mark Fricke. Hint, hint, that'll help you. So some other options besides um, guns? Chains, blade. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mark, Mark, Mark actually is rebuilding his website as we speak, maybe literally, uh, for church security specific training because of my relationship with him, Rich's relationship with him. Um, he has been really on board with this. Uh, he came and gave us a fantastic. Uh, some, a couple of days of fantastic training, and he is extraordinarily reasonable uh, in his prices. And he will he, give him a call, and he'll give you advice on other. There are other <coughs> things out there other than guns. Okay, I don't want to give any advice on what to use or what you want to choose to do. That's up to you. But there are other things out there. Sure. I'm uh, from the uh, San Antonio Church, Pastor Ruby's church, so... I thought uh, you were Roman's brother. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, one of the ways that, well, one of the signs that we have right in the front before you come in is the no firearms allowed, you know, we have the, the code, everything, you know. We, we're fortunate enough to have a police officer there, a seasoned officer that mm -hmm. uh, we can go to him and ask him a lot of the questions, and <clears throat> I think a lot of the stuff that we've seen or... Most of the uh, the things, I guess, a lot of people are asking questions here. The what ifs, what if, every situation is different. Yep. One of the things that I had suggested or that we've talked about uh, is, you know, I'll usually go to him and I'll tell him, hey, what we need to do is have, between just the ushers, is have uh, a what if situation, like, or what if questions. Hey, what if this? How would you handle somebody running up to the pulpit without a gun or, what if somebody's coming in with a backpack or a ski mask or, you know, how do you handle that? You know what I mean? That's a question or those are questions, yeah, those, obviously, that you're going to have to ask amongst yourselves. Yeah. You've got to figure out a plan because... Yeah, you have to make your own security plan is exactly right, correct. Right. It, it, every church is going to be different. I mean, a ski mask in California is a sure sign of trouble at 75 degrees, you know? And so, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, like I said, again, guys, we, you know, we, we couldn't answer every question on Unfortunately, we'd be here for five years, but uh, you know, you, you're going to have to come up with a with a strategy for your city, your people, your men. Uh, how many you have, how many you don't have, what what you want to do, and and, the, and the, the sign is perfectly fine. It's legal; you can do that. 
It may cause you problems if you have a lot of Second Amendment people that want to carry their firearm. Uh, California, we don't have to worry about that. People who are, are good citizens can't get them. And so, uh, you know, we, we, posting a sign wouldn't mean anything for us as criminals don't care. But, uh, but yeah, but it just depends on your church, you know. So, so what I'm getting from this meeting is we're kind of in an embryonic stage here as far as bringing this forward to the churches and that Pastor Greg is working this stuff through and, and that's essentially why you're reticent to say this or this is because no, I'm reticent. Pete, I'm reticent to say things because I don't want them to say, well, Pastor Cox told me I can carry this in my church. Right, right. But I'm saying down the line when Pastor Greg has settled some other issues, you'll bring those forward. Each church will bring it forward themselves, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm no, sure I'm, you, you'll be... You'll be, you know, you'll get the, the word as it comes out. Uh, right now in my church, I have a team in place. Uh, we have things in place. Uh, most of the folks in my church are clueless, which is wonderful. Uh, most people in my church don't even know I have a gun. And rightfully so. <laughs> so, you know, so it's very good. And they can't see it at all. And so it's perfect. So it works out. Uh, just from the other, uh, another standpoint, just wanted to see, is there any recommendations or suggestions that we should look into from an insurance perspective? I mean, I don't want to. Yes, uh, Brotherhood, I think it's called Brotherhood Insurance, now uh, offers full insurance for secured, armed security, even in California. I got a call from my guy, we just redid the policy, and uh, he said, I'm gonna get you over to Brotherhood, you'll be covered, and he goes, I'm, I'm recommend, now folks, Forever, insurance companies say you can't have firearms on the pre premises. You should never have a gun in the building. But it was endless because well, we'll never cover you. Now they're saying we recommend you get a security team and have a weapon. And so, yeah. So the Brotherhood Insurance, I believe, for all the pastors, that's the company that is covering everybody right now, and they even cover you in California. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Cox, I want to. Mention real quick. I'm a reserve deputy with Los Angeles County, and I also have a PPO license. And I, I brought it up to my pastor before. If we could write a contract with my PPO insurance, I believe if I'm at church under all the rules that uh, BSIS has in place. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with California California law because most of it doesn't make any sense. Um, it was written by Democrats, and so that'll tell you all you need to know. Uh, because, because, uh, because I'm a reservist, I'm a... Yeah, I know, you're a reserve officer for LASO, right? Correct, and um, I know that if I go, I'm in the process of going full-time. Okay, but as a reserve, you're only on duty when you're working at the PD with an officer. Correct, correct, but I have a PPO license. Yeah, okay. And that's, that was my that's, But that you was can't, my question. But you can't be employed at the church. Okay, okay, that, that answers my question. Yeah, okay. you, you, your, your, your pastor will be taking on extreme liability. You can't be an employee of the church, like in that, in that sense. Okay, perfect. Yeah, there's other, other factors involved, but if, you, if, if the question persists, have your pastor call Pastor Greg, because he, he's got all this work through. No, that, yeah, that, that answers my question, thank you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Pastor, uh, maybe uh, special training or paperwork for tasers and preparatory. I think in California, you got I don't think you can buy pepper spray in most places. There's specific places, and I think you have to. Can't, you can't buy it at all, can you, Bob? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they sell even the stun guns. You got to have a permit for now. It's unbelievable. 
Folks, in California, starting next year, you have to have a permit and go through a background check to buy bullets. We love Presque. <laughs> we love conference. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so, so yeah. Like I said, you don't need all that, uh, brother, you know. Renee, you don't, you don't need all that. Just, just give me a call. I'll, let, I'll help you. Uh, do you guys have any uh, suggestions for uh, first aid training? Is that covered in uh, the gentleman that you mentioned there, or do you even touch base on that? No, Mark doesn't do first aid, but you can go to uh, Red Cross will teach you. Fire department usually has classes. Uh, any county agency has classes in CPR and basic first aid. That's going to bug me if I don't ask this, but you were saying that some you know people in the church kind of freak out or whatever about security teams or whatever. Is it better to not say anything at all? You know what I mean? Like, can you said people in your church are clearly My, my church, that that, I have not announced we have a security team. So you just, I mean, just do it and be incognito? We have, we have ushers. And my ushers do certain things that I ask them to do and that they have, we've discussed as a group and we have things in place, but there's no need to go out and tell everybody in the yeah. church, hey, you know, when you see this, you want to, you know, that, it's counterproductive. In my opinion, Pastor Greg uh, made that statement as well. It's counterproductive. And so uh, I'm just, you can do what you want, as always. Our churches, we don't tell everybody what they have to do. But I don't think it would be wise to upset everybody, get them all scared that you have people running around and, uh, you know, whatever. And so, uh, yeah. Sir, um, I'm in Texas as well, where just like uh, Arizona has concealed or open carry choice, for a security team in the church, your thoughts on concealing versus open carry? Hey, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> the policy here is there's no one allowed to carry an open carry gun in church yep. or on church property, including my security team. All weapons are, are uh, concealed at all times. And in terms of the team, like, like Pastor Cox is saying, There's going to be certain people in your church, they're going to figure it out. Okay? And uh, again, Pastor Greg's wisdom is uh, get it out there, let people see what you're doing. There's a certain amount of, like he said earlier, you know, the telephone cord coming out of the air. And, uh, there's a certain part of that, of that that's good. That's hardening the target, that's the presence. You notice we have two cops down in the, in the conference. This conference, we've never done that. It's already made a difference, I can assure you. Okay? So part of that, the presence is good, but in terms of, you know, does your church need to know everything? Do you really know how everyone's going to respond? You don't. And so, sure, people are going to figure it out when people are wearing suits and have, you know, wires in their ears and things like that. But, um, you know, that's up to you and how you want to do that. But in terms of weapons specifically, no no uh, outside carry um, in our church on our property. I think San Antonio will not allow that either. I think, I think Pastor Ruby, I'm not sure, but I think Pastor Ruby had to have to have concealed, right? Yeah. Because uh, I can tell you right now, if I walk by you, I have your gun in one second. Period. I, I'd have it. You wouldn't. And you wouldn't even know it's gone until it's in your ear. So I'm just telling you, it's that easy. 
This is another really good reason to uh, have the right people because we've had, we've had a couple instances where someone has to, a visitor has come to the church with open carry. And uh, I hadn't talked to them. And uh, they were really, they were totally cool, but I was totally cool. I mean, I was, you know, he looked pretty out, but he just went up and said, hey, you know, this is our policy. And he mentioned Southern Springs. He said, you know, because of recent events, you know, I, I just really carry. I said, well, that's not a policy here, and it's not negotiable. Okay, so here's what we can do. And so we had a conversation, ended up going, you know, ended up dealing with a weapon, and everything was hunky-dory, and he you know, came to church for the next three or four services. So how you handle those kind of things is important, and that all boils down to what he's saying, the right people should be. I wanted to ask, since you guys were in the police force, would it be a good, uh, good, good to ask the, your police department to ask them to come down and, and get them involved and tell them that uh, you know you're concerned about security? Maybe they'll they give you some input. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. It's always good to have your local police department involved with you. I was stopped at our last market night outreach when I was outreaching the officers. He, I know him; he's a Christian guy. And he waited until I was done witnessing and said, hey, I need to talk to you. Do you have a team in place? Yes. What are you doing? This thing? He, said, you know, he knows who I am and my background. And he says, okay, uh, good. What's your recommendation for that? And I said, this, this. And he goes, okay, fine. He says, yeah, but if you want us, we'll come in. He says, I know you already know all that. But So they're very open to come and help. And it'd be great for you. But you don't want them to come in and give a talk to your whole church. Right. We're here to tell you about the bad guys that live in town. You know? And so you don't want that. Because we have an active, we have an active Al Qaeda cell in Redlands right now. There are six men there right now, active. The FBI is watching. They live a quarter mile from my building. They're the second half of the group that they killed in San Bernardino. So we're dealing with a with a real threat where we are. Uh, but the, you, if you have a security team, let them deal with the police only. That's it. That's all you need. And you'll be fine. Okay, one more question, then we're gonna get some rest before service time. Lay before the Lord and ponder the issues of eternity. <laughs> I know that we deal with a lot of small churches. We're built by small churches. And undoubtedly, most of our small churches don't have that capability, as Pastor Manzanares mentioned, to have a security team available. Uh, is there any input that you would be willing to give as regards to the presence aspect of having the earpiece I've even seen on Amazon where they have fake cameras. Uh, another brother mentioned posting signs up in the church. I mean, you don't want it to look like this prison where there's looks like there's security at every turn and make people uncomfortable, I'd imagine. But do you have any input as to how far you go with the presence aspect? Yeah, it, it, it varies with the building, with the city, and all the other things you have to contend with. But in our church, we have cameras all along the exterior. We can watch them from inside. Um, most of my folks don't even know they're there anymore. We just, we didn't tell anybody, we just put them up. Um, so they're in place. I don't have signs that we have cameras watching you. It doesn't matter. I don't want them to know. Uh, I want to catch them. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and you can post signs, but I, you know, to me, uh, you know, you're, you're making it unwelcome in some aspects. We want people to feel welcome. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want them to come to my church because they think we have a security team. I want them to come because they want to serve God. We want to feel welcome. We want them to have, feel redemption and that their soul matters and their lives are important to us. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, the smaller churches, like, you know, Brian has it here that there's one entry as church starts. It's all secure. 
one man at the door, guys inside, strategically placed, you know. So you know, those things are in plan, and that's what you have to do. And make it, very, make it as simple as possible. Uh, the visibility is when they're outside checking cars. Like I have guys in the parking lot every, constantly. We have a, every 15 minutes a new guy goes out and relieves the other one and they're walking the line. So they know we have people there. You go ahead. Now speaking of that specifically, out here where we are, we don't have a lot of walk-out traffic. Okay? Uh, some of you are in churches and in neighborhoods where you get a lot of walk-by traffic and it's not, and it's the unsavory kind. Okay? So that can change some of that too. Yeah, we have a lot of walk-through. We're right downtown. And so we get a lot of folks walking through looking to borrow things out of the vehicles. They're going to return them later, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> but we make sure that we have a presence out there, you know, guys with flashlights and, you know, a radio will be available that they can say, hey, I, got, I need somebody else outside. Because we have a pretty, we have like a pretty big piece of property, so. But we have cards up here to let you know for uh, Mark Fricky if anybody's interested. Uh, he's, like I said, I, I can't recommend, I know I've known him for, my gosh. 30 some years now. He is really good at what he does. Really good. Much better than I am. So I would highly recommend Mark to help you if you have any church of any size that needs armed, you know, training with firearms and security tactics. And so he would help you. Any other major questions, pastors, that you have, please don't call me. Please call Pastor Greg. I'm serious. Um, uh, Pastor Greg is the, you know, he is the man leading the, 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 uh, uh, the Prescott Church. And, and has this in, this whole area covered, and he's the one you need to go through, okay? Uh, I am not deputized to do that, so please don't, because I'm just going to tell you, please call Pastor Greg, okay? Uh, and so he's a wise man, he's helpful, he wants to help you, he wants to help you have success, and so please give him a call if you have any specific question that's beyond what you're going to be able to handle on your own with your local police, okay? Okay, let's all stand. Let's bow our heads and our hearts before the Lord. Let's be ready for tonight. Great services coming this week. We're encouraged with what God's doing already. Heads are bowed and hearts are open before God.